Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiology and nutrition professor, and I'm a bodybuilding enthusiast. Rob Fortress Fortney. I'm a journalist, a former editor at Muscle Mag, former competitive bodybuilder, and powerlifter. And this is Phil Stevens. I am a strength coach. I run Strength Guild and LiftForHope.org. And with us today, we got a guest, uh, Jamie Allen. Jamie, thanks for joining us. Hi, how's it going? Good, good. Rob's got some news, and then we're going to chat up with Jamie. Excuse me, but it appears you have been presented with an addition to your inbox. Would you like tea and crumpets with that, my lord? Uh, yeah, not news, more just uh, some emails we got here. Um, Hunter sent us an email. Um, loves the show. He commutes for like a half, one hour and a half a day. <laughs> listens to us. This is kind of cool. He was uh, talking to his wife at one point, and he referred to us as the guys said. As, oh. as if we were in the truck with him. He says perhaps he needs to get out more. I don't think we would all fit. <laughs> no, no. Better be a big truck. <laughs> He's 43, started lifting a series of a year ago. Uh, he battled back pain for a long time. He cured it with weight loss and weight training. It does work. <laughs> I've, I've seen it myself a million times. And he's he plans to compete in 2014 in a Masters bodybuilding show, so that's very cool. He was asking us about... Um, um, Scoobiesworkshop.com um, The Scooby guy He's a weight training kind of guy And I, 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 I responded that I didn't really know who this person was But then when I was Whipping around that I, I found some of his YouTube videos that I have Stumbled across um, You know I'm, I'm not going to say I know too too much about this guy But Phil and I were uh, Talking about the fact that apparently this guy Is not too fond of squats I'm not a big fan of Scooby, yeah. and I don't know much about him either. But what I've seen, yeah, uh, anybody that sits there on a five for five minutes on a YouTube video and tries to convince me that machines are better than squats, and that oh, I can use a leg press machine, a leg curl machine, and then go play a small game of basketball and get the same effects, and it's a, uh, I, I I can't follow that. But no, not not Phil approved. So <laughs> no, okay, well, that's um. I yeah. can't keep track of all the different gurus. Oh, you know. know, they've all they're either training or nutrition. And I mean, I'm not saying this guy's um, bogus. I know nothing about him, but um, yeah. everybody's got their own little hook, you know. And yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, I mean, obviously the guy probably is very much into what he does, and I'm sure he's got his you know great points as we all do. And well, uh, I think, uh, but I certainly think anybody. I was just going to say, knowing knowing nothing about this guy, I think there's there's two things I think listeners need to be familiar with, though, when it comes to stuff that's like quackery. One is financial motivation, sure, but the other one is a lot of these people really believe their spiel. So, you know, sometimes yeah. people get very passionate about something, but that doesn't mean it's it's okay. I can tell you this, he looks, for a 51-year-old guy, he looks to be in great shape. Um, there's a bunch of pictures on his website. The odd thing is that they all stop at about the waist. 
Mm. <laughs> and you never see his legs. Well, like I say, I don't want to, you know, you know, further to what Lonnie is saying, you know, obviously the three of us are very passionate about what we talk about and so forth, so I'm sure, you know, um, we'd have our detractors, but, you know. Well, that's I mean, true, but, you know, I mean, we also all have formal education and, and uh, experience and, uh, and I'm not sure all the kind of guru guys with I, you know, great with I. Oh no, absolutely. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, like you said, this uh, he was just asking specifically what we think about him. But I mean, anybody yeah. who knows anything about Iron Radio knows that, you know, we're all about the squats and the deads and the benches. So anybody who's going to on any one of those or collectively poo-poo on any one of those is yeah. not Iron Radio approved. Other than that, yeah, I mean, I agree. But other than that, I can't say much about him because I really don't yeah. know. But like I say, I'm sure he's passionate about what, he, what he's doing and. Well, maybe we'll look, look into it. But yeah, I mean, as you guys know, we have a—it's sort of a crapshoot sometimes when we invite someone to be on just because they—they they have a following. You know, you get the person on the show, and you know, we're all sort of like, oh boy, you know. And that doesn't usually happen. I mean, we we tend to uh, be pretty, uh, you know, choosy with the guests. But you guys know what I'm saying. You, you get somebody on here, and I try to have a no hate a policy. But yeah. you know, it's hard not to hate when someone starts going off the deep end about foolishness. Mm-hmm. Anyway, reading auras and stuff. Well, yeah. we can look into that guy. I'll, I'll look into him a little bit. I was gonna say, if, uh, you know, and, and even if, if Scooby is listening or any of his uh, followers are listening, contact us as usual through the IronRadio.org um, website page. I don't, the emails will come directly to me, and you know, I mean, if if, if we think it's a, a worthwhile show idea to have Scooby on, then. Uh, there you go. Anyway, yeah, as, I mean, if there's educational worth and it's not some mm-hmm. just spiel for a latest product or something. Yeah. Well, yeah, certainly that would that will not be tolerated. That but, would shut uh, him down. Yeah. <laughs> shut down. <laughs> Got another letter from Chris. Uh, he has a show idea. Um, he's transitioning from powerlifting to bodybuilding. It is a difficult transition because the effects of powerlifting and bodybuilding are totally different. Um, the topic <laughs> could be vast. He's talking about. Uh, Changes in performance, recovery, rest intervals, or just the way you feel during the exercises. He's noticed tremendous burning and pump sensations with bodybuilding that he did not <laughs> experience with powerlifting. Um, he, this is funny. He all, I also noticed that bodybuilding does not leave me wanting to eat an entire cow and sleep after a workout. Hmm. Um, anyway, we, I, I emailed him as well, just telling him that we've certainly touched upon these types of things in the past. Uh, I don't know what you guys think about devoting a whole show to the whole idea of going from from powerlifting to bodybuilding. I know we've talked more, more a lot more about going from bodybuilding to powerlifting in that, but yeah, it might be another excuse to get Dave Tate on though. <laughs> right. That's true. Yeah. So, so yes. Yeah, so Chris, thanks for your letter, um, and we'll definitely consider again devoting more specifically to that idea because it is interesting certainly I mean everybody, as all the listeners know I've gone from bodybuilding to powerlifting but uh, certainly I can chime in about the differences uh, going one way that would equally be going the other way so yeah so that was from Chris I, find it, I found it interesting that he said that he, he's not left very hungry um no, I think but, I think he's I think I I kind of this is what I'm saying I think I understand what he's talking about I, it's it's a different kind of hunger kind of a thing you kind of just want to eat everything, not mindful of any sort of like, um, you know, what the makeup of the food is. Phil well, it's food. true. I mean, I, I, well, Phil has said this before, and I think it's very true in the off season. I really don't see that much of a difference. I mean, there's you know meat pies and huge amounts of protein and reasonable amounts of fats and other things. Uh, whether you're a bodybuilder or a powerlifter, right. I mean, there are the kind of bodybuilders who try to eat almost pre-contest like year round, but those guys usually don't get very big. 
honestly. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, no. seriously. That's, uh, that's, anyway. that's actually, uh, I've said before, that's actually to me uh, one of the mi- mi- most predominant failures of young lifters. And I, I certainly can say that it was for me when I started lifting. I, I didn't even really start growing until I realized that, you know, eating clean as heck when you're 15 years old and 130 pounds is really not the way to go. It's not going to get you very far when you're, you know, steaming brown rice and uh, eating a can of tuna. No, that's exactly it. I, I, you're right. I think that's a, to me, that's an intermediate mistake. You know, they learn enough to sort of hurt themselves. They go on low fat and low carb diets, and all they do is eat, is eat protein. And I mean, fats and carbs, that's your fuel. And yeah. I think they forget the kind of things that we harp about. You know, you're talking 2,800 or 3,000 extra calories just mm-hmm. to knit together a new, a new pound of muscle. So right. you're not going to do that with building blocks alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the last letter is from Dustin. He's been suffering, and, and I again, I, I respond to everybody who writes. So if you do write to us, again, via the ironradio.org website, um, it'll come directly to me, and you will get a response from me. I don't, don't, I always make sure to respond to our listeners because I do appreciate the time for somebody to sit down and actually send us a communication. So thank you. But anyway, Dustin has been suffering from an SI joint dysfunction since 2012, oh, December. Uh, started lower back strain. Uh, due to poor posture while sitting, he's uh, mainly driving. He's been doing physical therapy for around three months with negative success. Um, he says his PT also says that due to muscular imbalances, um, the pains in the left SI joint has recently become very unbearable. I'll drop the deadlift and squat until I'm pain-free. Mm. Um, anyway, he says his physical therapist has said this was a common injury and that his SI joint was hypermobile. Anyway, he says he's having trouble finding good information regarding strain training and this type of injury. He wants to know if we have any insight. My response to him was I certainly have zero education or confidence to say anything about this, but I would certainly bring it up on air and see if uh, maybe Phil or certainly you, Lonnie, have anything to say about this or, or whatever you're comfortable with saying. Well, as somebody who teaches kinesiology, I can offer a few things. Uh, Phil said he's going to give him some stuff. but I, I emailed him, too. So Okay. Well, what I can tell you is this, um, you know, the SI joint, you know, that's where your spine is bound with your pelvis. Uh, um, so it bears a lot of load. Uh, it's technically, it's what's called an amphiarthrosis. It, it doesn't have a ton, few degrees of movement, few millimeters back and forth. It's not like a wildly, you know, moving kind of joint, as you might guess. It's very, you know, it's got lots of, you know, thick, strong ligaments holding it together and everything. And, uh, so some people have problems with that just naturally. They they get arthritis, you know, and the, the cartilage, the articular surface gets worn down, even to the point that even the bones can get worn down. There's several different itises, uh, you know, inflammation states that can affect that joint. Um, so, I, I you know, nutritionally, I suppose there are things like fish oil. I mean, you know, I think most listeners know that we're fans of stuff like fish oil and ibuprofen mm-hmm. for controlling inflammation of all kinds. Um I think that from an exercise point of view, you gotta be careful with, um, like unilateral, like one leg pushing a lot, because it puts rotation on that joint, and that's especially, um, problematic. I don't know exactly what their physical therapists do for that, but they're, they're probably doing some type of manipulations, getting your, your legs in very specific positions and applying pressure and things like that. Um, I think you're gonna try to have to avoid things that cause irritation. Uh, you know, you don't wanna grind those, that joint down, especially if there is a loss of cartilage and a wearing and all that sort of thing. But, um, you know, I'm not a physical therapist, so I don't know, um, Phil, what, what do you got? Well, I emailed him as well, but um, 
I've dealt with a few people that have this problem, and usually it's a deadlift that, that makes it act up, or like you said, unilateral stuff. And usually, from what I've seen, it's lack of hip mobility and an overactive lumbar and lack of thoracic mobility. So it's I've seen people you know really attack your thoracic mobility and hip mobility because basically your lumbar is becoming overactive and it's tugging on that SI joint and then it pops loose and it yeah it's painful as hell. Um, yeah. So it's it's working on that and like. You know, easing into the deadlifts. If you got to start out with rack pulls and you just start out a position where you can get your back set correct and then try and slowly lower that over time um, and strengthen the tissues around it and stuff. And, then and I think that, age is probably part of this too, right? I mean, when you it, it depends on when you started training too. Not yeah. just age, but mileage. You know, and let's face it, lumbar spine, your sacrum, you know, of course those are fused um, bones yeah. there. But, you know, these things can become uh, worn with years. Yeah. So. Yeah. And most of the people I've seen a problem with just are, I mean, I'm not a, a picture of mobility myself, but most of the people I've seen with it are, are very immobile that have a problem. So it's some mobility in the hips and, and the rest Interesting, of the yeah. So. Well, and there, of course, we can't ignore the psychological part of things, too. I mean, if, if that's causing stabbing pain, you know, mm-hmm. it's hard to try to start a program after taking a few years off and, oh, man, all this stabbing pain, then you can't, you can't pull or squat, you know. So there's yeah. a lot of things to consider, but... As far as I understand it, I don't think you want to jump right back into anything that's going to irritate that badly. Like you were saying, work on mobility, flexibility. Um, yeah. You know. I have a girl on my powerlifting team right now that has a bad uh, problem with that. And uh, it always acts up in deadlifts. So we honestly, all training all the way up to the meet, we don't deadlift. She deadlifts on meet day. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's interesting. It. Yeah. yeah we, bring it up with, we bring it up with squats and just hope it's there. Um, because it's a reoccurring issue and that's the only time it comes up. So... Gotcha. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay, now we're done with that, so back to Jamie. Sorry about the long wait. No problem. Um, thanks for joining us again. Jamie is, uh, well, I met Jamie probably about a year and a half ago, I think. Yeah, I think um, so. Trains with uh, a good buddy of mine, and Jamie just recently went and won her IFPA pro card. Ooh. Uh, man, she's good. Yeah, so I figured, and, you know, I've seen Jamie, I think I first met her because she was training to just get strong and uh, then compete in a strongman competition and, and things like that. So I thought it'd be interesting to have you on. It's, uh, we don't have enough females on, yeah. so it's good to get some on. Um, let's start out, just how did you get started in fitness in general? You know, growing up, I was always extremely active, and um, as soon as I got old enough, I really got into sports and that kind of thing. Um, and then... When I got into high school, we started kind of lifting and conditioning for, for the sport. Um, and as high school went on, I kind of realized that I really liked the lifting and the conditioning for the sports more than the sports themselves. Um, so when I got to college, you know, I kind of, I didn't want to go somewhere uh, to a community college to play volleyball, which is what was an option, but um, I kind of knew what, what I wanted to do um, academically. And so I had to find another way to stay active. Um, and I just started training on my own, weightlifting on my own, that kind of thing. Um, and then about a year into college, so start of my sophomore year of college, um, I started working out at a local gym here in Manhattan, Kansas, and um, just met some people that, that did more powerlifting type stuff. And um, I, at the time, actually was a runner and was training to run a marathon. And I continued my training for that, and then finally just kind of done with that. I didn't really 
enjoy that quite so much, but it was something that I started and wanted to finish. So as soon as that was done, I really got more into the lifting, um, a little bit into powerlifting, nothing like training for a meet or anything. I just That's just what I did for my training. Um, and then decided that I wanted to compete in a physique competition. So started training for that um, and then competed for the first time in the bikini category April of 2011 in Liberty, Missouri, and then competed again uh, several other times that year um, in July and then in September. And then at that point um, decided to take some time off and try and grow and and come at it again and really try and, and go for my pro card. So. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> now, you're also you're going for your degree then in kinesiology, right, and nutrition? Yes. Um, I'm just starting my master's in exercise phys. So uh, here at K-State, they have a great program. It's a concurrent bachelor master's. So I'm actually still working. I have like, like six, five or six credit hours left on my undergrad, and I'm getting those this semester, but I'm already able to start working on my graduate program. So it's just kind of nice to allow some overlap. So I'm hoping to graduate with everything um, in May of 2013. Well, nice. And which way are you thinking about headed with that? Well, I'm kind of not 100% positive right now, but what I really for sure want to do is um, get my CSCS and, you know, be a certified strength conditioning coach. Um, in April, I will, or not in April, and just in the spring sometime, um, that semester I'll be doing an internship with one of the strength and conditioning coaches here at K-State. Um, I'm not sure which one yet, but um, just kind of really see if that's what I want to do. Right now, I think I'd like to do, but um, kind of want to want to do it and, and try it out first. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, let's take a break, and then we're going to head right into it. Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry, and on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, we'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, you can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, it's Lawnman7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So... Uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook, uh, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website, and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us in other media, and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks. <laughs> Weekly Fix of Iron Radio. In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once per week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. Okay, we're back, and again we have Jamie Allen on, and um, like we we're talking about, she got into to, to lifting a, a little later after sports when she found out she uh, kind of liked it better, and um, then recently got her IFPA Pro card. Congratulations on that! Okay. And uh, wanted to talk about kind of how you train for these. Um, I've noticed, 
well, from, from being around you and seeing you compete in strongman and stuff, that it's it's probably quite a bit heavier than a lot of people would think. Uh, would, would think. And you, you kind of use power lifts, strongman training, flipping tires, dragging sleds, and stuff like that um, to do a lot of your prep. You want to talk about that a bit? Yeah, definitely. Um, honestly, when I first started training for my show, my very first show that I trained for um, in the fall of 2010, um, I trained traditional bodybuilding style type training. So I, I did some power lifts and that kind of stuff just because I like to squat and deadlift and all that stuff. But um, primarily it was more the 12 to 15, you know, drop sets, that, all that kind of stuff. Um, so after that year of competing in 2011, I did three shows and, you know, I, I placed well. Um, I got sixth in my first one and then the next two were second places. And, you know, I just really wanted to take my body to the next level. And I found that, you know, that bodybuilding type training, it really wasn't doing um, what I wanted for my physique. So um, in October, I uh, met Sam Cox. Um, he's a trainer. Phil knows him. Um, good friend of Phil's here in Manhattan and kind of started me. Um, I just started training with him. I'd never been trained by anybody before. And so and he's a he competes strongman competition. So he's got the real strength based um, training strategy. So I started doing that, lifting, you know, five sets of five, stuff like that, really really towards strength um, and then doing some of the higher rep work um, as well, but primarily for strength. And, and you know, my physique changed like it, like it never has. And so I was getting stronger and just absolutely loving it. So my preps for this, this show um, and, and up to winning my pro card were different than the ones um, prior to that. So what I do basically now is um, – Especially in the off season, um, I'm trying when I'm trying to build and that kind of thing. I, I lift a lot of, um, you know, a lot of strength, and um, I love using implements, you know, like tight lifts and you know battling ropes and sleds and prowlers, and I even love doing the yoke and stuff like that. So that just adds a lot. Um, it's a lot different than I guess what any bikini competitor that I know of is doing. Um, but it works. It works well. It's it works better for me than and than any type of training that I've ever used. So, actually, Jamie, that was one of the questions I was going to ask. Is do you see is that a trend or is that something that you're you're just doing on your own? Honestly, I mean, as far as you know, the, the like you know sets of five and the yeah. the you know strongman stuff. Are the other fitness competitors doing that stuff or? You know, not at all that I know of. To be honest with you, um, my guess is no one's doing it, especially in the bikini category. Um, the bikini, how it's, it's kind of broken down. Like you have bodybuilding and obviously that's the most muscle and the, and the leanest. And then you have figure, which is a little bit less muscle, but still muscular and, and really lean. And then you have bikini, which you need muscle mass. Um, but you can't be, you know, shredded. You can't have the super lean lines and your muscles can't be huge. So especially with bikini, you don't find a lot of females training really even heavy, to be honest with you, let alone, uh, you know, you know, with a five, three to eight rep range even, um, or using any type of implement. So I think for the most part, I, I'm sure there's some people doing it, but absolutely none that I know of. So Okay. You know, I have a very naive question, but do you ever see uh, women competitors crossing over and doing, like, bikini and fitness in, in, in an event, or do they just never, <laughs> never do that? Generally, um, in the organization that I compete in, it's um, – well, it was the NAMBF, and now that I'm a pro, it's IFPA. They're a natural organization, so they're tested. Um, we pol- every competitor has to polygraph every 
um, top three has to do your analysis. So they're really strict about the the type of you know um, ergogenic age you can take. Okay, so, so wait, so you're suggesting then that the 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 harder core the fitness competitors may be users more than the bikini. No, 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 not necessarily. It's it's a completely different organization. So there there's okay. three categories within each organization: bikini, um, the figure, and the bodybuilding. And then there's an organization where they test and organizations that has those three categories, but they don't test. So as far as the crossover goes, um, if you have enough muscle to compete in figure, natural muscle in our organization, usually you can compete bodybuilding as well. So you see a lot more crossover with the figure and the bodybuilding okay. and the bikini and the figure because there's there's a bigger difference um, between bikini and figure than uh, the figure and the bodybuilding. So. Would the figure and bodybuilding be more just like um, somebody to get a bit more shredded or something? I mean, is that? Yeah, definitely. You see a lot of times uh, the older uh, women, I mean, I say older, but I mean uh, 30s and above will compete and be successful in, in figure and bodybuilding. They'll have more time to develop that mass as well as they're just, you know, they're tuned in and they can just get shredded. So um, when you're natural, you know, in, in any kind of um, physique, category you need to be really really shredded so yeah so what about you um sticking to bikini for a while maybe thinking about going further up you know i I really enjoy bikini right now um it's a lot of fun you get to kind of put a lot more of your personality in it when you're on stage and um right now where i'm at being in you know right now i'm taking 18 hours and i'm right currently nine days out for my first pro show and so trying to being on the diet that I am, where I have to get lean but not shredded, I still have a hard time thinking and, and you know, yeah. having the energy to do what I need to do. So um, right now in my life, doing a figure show, uh, the prep for that's a lot more intense um, due to that kind of the leanness that you have to attain. So I think that might be something down the road that I might uh, go. So you're nine days out from a competition. I know. I mean, I saw some of your training while you were off-season. Mm-hmm. Um how does it change during in season? I mean, you guys were doing some of those crazy complexes like push the parlor, flip the tire, yeah, yada yada. Is it the same? I mean, does it? What, what do you guys change? You know, I, I have to change a little bit uh, just to try and shape the muscle. I mean, it sounds stupid, but you know, I kind of have to get into a little more higher rep range because with bikini, you you want to have you know the shape. You want to be able to see the muscle, but you can't have the shredded line. So you have to mm-hmm. kind of attain the look. The muscular look more from your lifting than from your diet. So um, I do a, I, I do a lot more higher rep range. I still like to lift in the lower rep range. Um, occasionally, I'll just do maybe my main lift um, for you know for example like five sets of five, and then I'll do the rest of my workout um, for that body part um, in the in the higher rep range. I still like to do the conditioning, the unconventional uh, for physique, I guess. Uh, conditioning tools. Yesterday morning, I was out um, at the stadium, you know, just messing around with a sandbag. So uh, just stuff like that. I, I enjoy it, and so I, I, I see that it can be just as, you know, if not more beneficial to my physique than just traditional cardio, I guess. Gotcha. Uh, Phil, if I can just interrupt. Yeah, go for it. So, Jamie, I'm curious about the um, the hard but soft kind of floating target that you guys yeah. have to hit. <laughs> I mean, it, is that ever frustrating? Or, I mean, what's your diet like? I mean, how do you get hard but not too hard? You know what I mean? It just seems like, 
like guys don't really have to put up with that. Yeah. You know. It really is extremely hard. And what's kind of crazy is a lot of times <clears throat> you'll see the way that um, in the other organizations, one of the, you know, the way they way they do that is by taking like growth hormone and that kind of thing, um, because it can you know pump up your muscle, but you don't have to be striated. Well, if you if you don't have that type of supplementation, um, it really is difficult, and it's really a lot of manipulation with your diet. So, um, and like I said, the training as well. But with my diet, I mean, it stays pretty strict, um, and it's really really individualized. Um, it stays pretty strict, but changes are made every week. Um, so I have a coach that has um, helped me out. Her name's Jamie Keene. She's in the Kansas City area. She's a figure pro, and and she knows what to look for. I mean, she's been to a ton of shows. She knows, you know, that your legs too cut up. You need to, you know, add more calories. So or or take, you know, you're not lean enough. You need to take it away. But yeah, that moving target. It's it's really it's really difficult um, to to hit, especially to get to you know, peaking at the right time, you know, and it's also a lot of manipulation with posing. So, you know, where I was straightening my leg in a pose to show my quad, now I'm too lean and you can see too many lines, so you have to bend your knee. Things like that you have to to really keep in mind. So So do you have a problem getting too lean, especially, you know, since you have a proclivity for, uh, you know, lots of, uh, you know, almost aerobic-oriented or, or, you know, strength-endurance type things, Mm -hmm. or flipping tires and all this stuff, do you find yourself getting too hard and you got to back off or eat more? Well, what's crazy is I wish that was the problem, but, (laughs) I, you know, I've I've done so much aerobic activity and, and just... I feel like my work capacity is so high that it's actually hard for me to lean out. Um, so I get strong and I grow muscle very easily, but when it comes time to lean out, it I don't just I don't just lose the fat. I do cardio and you know I'll do cardio with you know somebody one of my friends who who also does competitions and is in great shape or you know I'll do conditioning type stuff and I just I can just go forever and that almost hinders you know being able to get lean. Um, because it takes me almost twice as more, more work to get the same results as far as, you know, the fat burning goes. Okay. So, um, did we change our diet? Did you guys back down on that any? Because, I mean, you're definitely, you're getting calorie restricted. So, mm-hmm. I mean, how does your training volume, volume-wise change? Um, or does it? Well, as far as the cardio, actually, after, um, cardio conditioning type exercises, anything. After my last show, I cut it out for four entire weeks. So for a whole month, I didn't really do anything. I did sprints, you know, for like 20 minutes, maybe once a week, um, just to really kind of normalize my body and make and make when I did start doing cardio again more effective uh, because I knew I was going to do uh, another show. So my last show was July um, whatever, 15th or something. And then, so I was nine weeks out at that point from the show I'll be doing, um, here pretty soon. So as far as volume goes, um, it, I, I, I definitely decreased, uh, as far as the conditioning type stuff goes and increased, um, what I did in the gym. So I was in the gym lifting a lot, a lot longer. Um, like I said, adding in more of those really high rep sets. I mean, doing, sets to 25, sets to 30 even, um, towards the end of my workout. And then I started adding back in um, the conditioning type stuff and that type of training slowly. So it would start at two days a week and then, you know, increase as far as uh, duration and um, frequency. So 
So it's kind of a reverse powerlifting periodization. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys are you're doing less conditioning in the off season, more heavy, and then you get get lighter, more reps, and more conditioning as it goes out. Yep. So, okay, gotcha. Gotcha. So um, you're competing again in nine days. Where, where's that at? Um, Kansas City. Where does it differ? So what what differs now with your pro card compared to like going for your pro card? What are we? Well, first of all, I can actually win money, so that's the plus. <laughs> um, competitions can get pretty expensive with um, just everything that you have to to do to put into it, um, especially if you have to travel. So I try and find ones that are close by. But um, yeah, now I get I get paid. There's payouts to the top five. I think first is a thousand, so it's not too bad. Um, and now that I'm a pro, um, like I like I mentioned, the show our shows are pretty high. So um, it's a lot easier to. So if you have. Yeah, problems, Phil, fit, don't worry. Phil's just getting uh, orders for pizza there. So. <laughs> yeah, that's the pizza phone. Yeah, I can get sponsorships now. So when you have a, you know, your professional status, um, you know, whether it's the suit company, the tanning company, um, just local uh, gyms, nutrition stores will will sponsor you, and then you could actually. Um, pay your expenses for the show and then make money off of sponsorships. So, gotcha. I had one question. How often? Good. How often do uh, bikini competitors compete? Uh, do they compete more or less than than the the figure girls or the bodybuilder uh, group? Or how often? You know, I I kind of see that they do tend to compete more, especially the the more serious ones. Uh, well, I guess compared to the more serious figure bodybuilding, because of it's a less rigorous prep, and um, I mean it's still hard. Don't get me wrong; it really is. Uh, it's not easy, especially if you have, you know, school or, or work or whatever else you're doing. But honestly, you don't have to get quite as lean, and so um, it's a lot easier to maintain your fat percent in the off season. So um, it's a lot shorter of a prep. So okay. yeah, I think I think the girls compete yeah. often. You're not you're not getting to a leanness that's that unnatural. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah, you know, last time, last time I competed, I got so lean. You know, I was fussing about injuries yeah. for months afterwards. I was just mm-hmm. so beat up. You know what I mean? I, it's just not even healthy. Yeah. Well, and you uh, had a pretty long season, didn't you? I mean, how many shows did you do? Uh, two, three, uh, three or four. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. But yeah, I but I see what Jamie's saying too. But you you. It, I guess it would behoove you to actually compete more often, more chances for money. I mean, as long as the psychological part is there, yeah. right? Because you don't want to burn out psychologically. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's another reason why I, I don't want to compete figure, especially right now, is you do have to get so lean, and it kind of messes you up after the show. So I, I mean, think so, yeah. Yep. That sounds good. I don't know. Do you have anything you want to add, Jamie? I mean, on the whole topic of... Not. Yeah. I mean, not really. I just, I honestly think that... Um, as far as strength goes and strength exercises and strongman implements and and just wanting to lift heavy and be strong in general, it's it's so underused um, in the physique realm. I think whether it's a bodybuilder, you know, male bodybuilder, female bodybuilder, figure bikini, whatever. I feel like, um, especially for natural athletes, um, I just think it's very underused, and I think for females, it's very extremely underused, yeah. and then. Um, the physiques could change um, drastically if it was implemented more. Uh, well, how much, how much of the like the conditioning stuff could be just mental too? Because it can be freaking boring to like spend so much time on a treadmill. 
Oh gosh! I compared mean, to you know, you're playing with the yoke, then you're running with tire or flipping tire, and then you're doing that. It's it's got to be a lot more interesting. Oh, I mean, it's it's crazy because I I I look back now and when I trained for my marathon, I don't know four years ago, I I have no idea how I did it, and so at this point, even doing 30 minutes of cardio on a treadmill about kills me. So, um, it's it's a great alternative. I think mentally, really, the rigors of prep can really can be difficult so being able to mix it up with stuff like that and challenge your body in new ways it, it just yeah break up well, the monotony of god another half an hour on the treadmill right yes <laughs> you know? yep yep so and I, you know what i've got to think too it's it's better the, the overall physique look at the end has got to be better you know we've all seen people that spend too much time on the cardio and they they get sort of a flat or a drawn look mm-hmm. you know to them and i i, I just got to think that flipping tires and uh Doing things like that has got to be not just more fun, but you know somehow the the physique is going to show that when you're done. Oh, definitely. I I I could see it a huge difference in in my own physique um, from this year and last year when I started adding in that type of training. It just was a fuller, harder, more healthy look as opposed to kind of like the sinewy, um, like you said, kind of flabby um, look your your skin and your muscles almost get when you do too much cardio. Right. Tons of cardio, over dieting. It's not a good look. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. That sounds good. Well, um, until next week, folks. Jamie, thanks again for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. You need to make it down and train again. So good luck uh, in a few days. Yeah, good luck. Thank you. Kick butt. In school, too. I think that's awesome. 18 credit hours while you're doing all this. That's awesome. (laughs) I just had an exam today, so. Go win some money. Spoken like a true professor. Yeah. <laughs> gotta, gotta give her credit where it's due. It's, yeah. That's an a- additional uh, responsibility that some of the girls don't have to do. Yeah, I appreciate that. Okay. Okay. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, Please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the iRadio.org uh, store. Uh, we also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. Hey, Iron Radio.org listeners, this is Lonnie Lowry, and I'm just bringing you a sneak peek only for Iron Radio listeners at this point. If you Google CRC Press, Lowry, L-O-W-E-R-Y, and Protein, you can be some of the first people on the planet to see this book. It's specifically for strength athletes, everything on the safety of high-protein diets, the efficacy, the dosing, the types practical applications and case studies. This is a textbook. It's not what I would call an industry book. This is not pseudoscience. This is the state of the art science. And if someone wants to critique you on your extra protein intake, this will be something you can hold up and say, this is what the literature says about stressed kidneys or bone loss or gout or dehydration or increased muscle mass over time or leanness or what types are best. This is the ultimate source in one place. Little disclosure here. I do make a single digit percentage of royalties on this book. It's such a low amount, however. Obviously, I've done it for that purpose. I did it because, like you, I want to have something I can hold up in one place that's modern literature instead of what perhaps a health educator might tell you about 
the benefits and the potential concerns, if there are any, on ample protein diets specific to a population like ours. Thank you. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.